Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. We're in week 18 from the glass space. We started this journey back at the tail end of March thinking it would be for a few weeks and here we are. Um, week 18, we say week by week, it's not the way we would like it to be, but it's the way it has to be at the moment. And thank God for some easing of the lockdown and looking forward to that becoming more and more likely that we'll get back together. Um, I'm not that sure about being able to hug or whatever yet, but um, it'd be good just to worship together, wouldn't it, in the in the same space. This is the third, as Bruna has said, of our joint um, Lurgan Portadown Kara Shalom um, service. And um, we have chosen the theme, as you know by now, Come Back Stronger. And we thought we would look at four words, listen, um, prayer, wisdom, and serve. And Alan kicked us off the first week with the word um, listen. Last week, I spoke to you about prayer. And uh, this week, I'm going to be looking at coming back stronger with wisdom. Wisdom, great word. We said last week that these are not just uh, doing words. They're not just action words. They're postures of the heart. They're things that actually really change and uh, help us live our lives in kingdom realities. Wisdom, my definition of wisdom is simply Uh, Wisdom is the capacity to see things from God's perspective and respond according to scriptural principles. Let me say that again. Wisdom is the capacity to see things from God's perspective and respond according to scriptural principles. Now, there are a few benefits, many, many benefits, not just a few, many benefits to seeking the Lord's wisdom. So we're going to take a little troll Um, and look at some scriptures um, this morning, and you might want to grab a pen and jot these scriptures down that you can um, look at them in your own time. Proverbs is full of it, of course. Solomon was the wisest man, known as the wisest man in all of of the earth. And if you you take time today to read Proverbs 8 and 9, I haven't time to read those to you, but those are two amazing scriptures. Um, passages, chapters where where the writer Solomon um, personifies wisdom as a lady. Maybe that's because the ladies have more wisdom than the men, I don't know, but um, that's just a thought. Um, But he talks about lady wisdom, as you'll find in that passage. But let's start with Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1, verses 5 to 7 says this, "'Let the wise listen and add to their learning.'" And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. And then it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now we're going to pick up some other scriptures as we go along this morning, but let me start by giving you some of my personal thoughts. Have you ever noticed how You can display wisdom in one area of your life and a lack of wisdom in another area of your life? Or is that just me? 
Um, but I think it's a pretty general statement. So wise when it comes to maybe Bible and your knowledge and its study and maybe when it comes to finance or, or what you watch on your screen, um, there can be a lack of wisdom. Sunday, we can go to church, well, hopefully, and, um, and live a different life through the week. And you can allow God into one part of your life, but not every part like a a great love for Jesus and an addiction to pornography or to alcohol or to prescription drugs. And of course, we find ways to excuse this. We we all do this. We say things like, well, it's my own private world or uh, I'm stressed and I I need a relaxant or the doctor says it's okay. Um, And we can have this great love for Jesus maybe and yoke ourselves to someone who doesn't love God at all. How does that work? Because We allow him into certain places, but not into all places. God likes, no, no, actually, stronger than that, God demands, God demands full surrender. His love, amazing and divine, desires and demands our soul, our life, and our all, as the old hymn puts it. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, here's my thought this morning, you will learn how to do them both at the same time. If you're not careful, you will learn how to live in these two worlds at the one time. And no one will ever know, except Jesus, of course. He'll know. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that the reason that sometimes we all live in these two worlds is from what we just read. We have maybe, just maybe, lost the reverential fear of the Lord. And the writer to the Proverbs puts it this way, that the beginning of um, wisdom and all of this is to actually the, the fear of the Lord. The beginning of knowledge is this fear of the Lord. So it's really important that we understand that you can't put God into compartments. You can't put God into sections of your life that you feel are okay for him and other sections you leave him out. And we all are good at that. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, get wisdom, though it costs all that you have, get understanding. Wisdom is the, having the ability to say to God, God, I want all of you, so I give you all of me. And, um, and when I move, he moves, and when he moves, I move. That's the way it's meant to be. Now imagine if you left your home for a day, and I were to put an elephant into your house for that day. Um, think about what you would be coming home to that night. I know some of you parents are thinking right now of your teenager's room, um, and that could be right, but that's what ought to happen when we invite Jesus into our lives by the Holy Spirit. He will disrupt everything. He will disrupt every part of our lives. All of God in me will mean walls been broken down just like that elephant would do in your home God in me will make walls break down. It will, perimeters will be disrupted and all of my life will be affected. This isn't about giving him bits like, Lord, I'll give you my relationships because they're a bit messed up at the minute or I'll give you my finances because I'm a bit broke at the minute. You see, when I come to Christ, all of my life is worship. All of your life is worship. So when you switch on Google, it's worship. 
when you turn up for work, it's worship. You can hear some people say sometimes, well, I'm a good Christian, but I'm, I'm just not a very good employee or I'm not a very good student or a very good spouse. No, 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 that is wrong. You cannot separate these things. It is a lie of the enemy and it is a lack of godly wisdom. Now, what I wanna do this morning is just give you five things really quickly, five things that I think are... are um, a pretty broad synopsis of wisdom. First one, wisdom puts Jesus first in all things. Wisdom puts Jesus first in all things. Mark 8, 34 puts it like this. And Jesus calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and of the holy, his holy angels. The disciple of Christ needs to be set apart from the world. Our focus should be on the Lord and pleasing him in all of our lives. We must put off self-centeredness and put on Christ-centeredness. Number two, wisdom obeys Jesus' teaching. Wisdom obeys Jesus' teaching. John 8, 31 Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We must be obedient children, obedient doers of the word of God. Obedience is the supreme test of the faith of God. And so we need to obey his word. Jesus is the perfect example of obedience as he lived his life in complete obedience to his father, even to the point of death. The writer um, to Philippians, who is Apostle Paul, in chapter two and verse six puts it this way, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taken the form of a servant, been born in likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by, listen to this, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And those who walk in wisdom receive the Father's direction for their lives. And while God's children can still go through some pretty painful experiences, they're spurred many mistakes and many false starts Biblical principles spur believers numerous wrong decisions and hurtful relationships. I am perfectly assured of that by the scripture. And nobody is better qualified to guide your steps or to lead you in the right path than God. According to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which were my dad's um, favorite verses, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge or submit to him and he will make your path straight. What a promise. Proverbs 3, 21, that same chapter, verse 21 says, my son, do not let, let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. He says, preserve sound judgment and discretion. 
There's something about that. When we walk in divine wisdom, we can be rest assured that the Lord is always with us and he won't allow us into any situation that he hasn't anticipated, nor will he permit a circumstance unless he intends it for our good, even the difficult ones. Number three, wisdom attracts fruitfulness. Wisdom attracts fruitfulness. John 15, verse five to eight, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. There it is. Beautiful, isn't it? For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit fruit and so proved to be my disciples. You know, in the, in the story in Acts 27 of the shipwreck, Paul's shipwreck, it talks about the ship running ashore and it says that the, 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 the bow of the ship ran aground and it said it stuck fast and become unmovable. It's the exact same word in the, in the, in the Greek as the word abide. When, 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 when the when the word of God abides, when it sticks fast in you and becomes unmovable, he says, you can ask whatever you want of him. Beautiful, isn't it? Our job is not producing fruit. Our job is to abide in Christ. And if and when we do so, the Holy Spirit will produce the fruit. The fruit comes from the vine and we are just the branches that actually bear the fruit. Not our job to produce it, just our job to bear it. And this is the fruit um, which is the result of obedience. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we can activate wisdom when we become more obedient to the Lord and learn to walk in his ways and our lives will begin to change. And if we can activate wisdom in this season of our lives, and boy, we do need it, we can come back stronger as a church. We can come back more united as a church. We can come back more um, evangelistic as a church in every way. So it's important that we understand wisdom. The biggest change will take place in the heart, all right? And the overflow out of that will be our conduct. It will be our thoughts, our words, our actions, which are all representatives of that change that comes in the heart. Now, I love when I'm going on holidays, um, if I'm on a plane, I always, um, usually before I get on the plane, I usually buy a word search or a, a word puzzle. And that's about the only time I ever do them. And I usually end up sitting doing them on holidays, right through the holidays. And what I found out about the word searches and the puzzle books is that the answers are on the back. And um, it's a bit silly, actually, and I'm slightly embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you it anyway. When I get stuck, I peep. And I came to realize something about me in this journey because I'm a little bit uh, analytical like that. And I began to think, why would I do that? Why would I, why would I, I, I paper the answer? And I, became to th I began to realize that I was more interested in the ending than in the journey. More about how it looks and, than how I actually got there. And you, you see, with God, God's the exact opposite. God is the exact opposite. It's like the boy or girl who copies their homework and the teacher realizes that they've copied their homework and they want to come to the conclusion the teacher isn't as interested in getting the answers right or about as much as how they worked it out. And so 
Um, there's something about understanding the journey that we're in. This journey into wisdom is so, so important. Now, Laurie and I disagree over action movies. James Bond and, 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 and um, Tom Cruise with Mission Impossible and stuff like that. She says they're cheesy, all right? And she said, you know the outcome. The hero's never gonna die and they're a bit silly. Have you ever heard such a thing? Honestly. And I, I, I tell her they're like watching Columbo. Now, if you're maybe my age, you'll remember Columbo. You always knew he was going to find the culprit. You, you, that's, not, you, that's not why you watched him. You didn't watch to see if he was going to find them. You watched to see how he was going to find them. And, and Jesus wins every time, every single time. You don't follow him to see if he's going to win. You follow him to see how he's going to work it out in your life. You know he's going to win. How is he going to get me through it this time? How is he going to get me through this crisis? How is he going to get me through this time, this pandemic, this season in our lives? He will bring you through, but you have got to do the work. All right, it's not just as easy as looking the answers in the back. You've got to do the work. You will never get the job without filling in the application form. The fear of the Lord is just the beginning of wisdom. It's just the beginning. There's work to be done. You've got to work it out. And here's the thing about, here's the thing about lack of wisdom. The lack of wisdom will show up in all the weak places. The places that forces you into secrecy. The places that you won't share with your life group. And, and the change that we seek is done from the inside out through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, it isn't something that you conjure up on your own. You need the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring wisdom. And that's why we differ from politicians in our life. The politician says, change the circumstances and you'll change the people. But God says, no, 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 no. You change the people and then you change the circumstances. This is hard stuff. And there's a heart wisdom that God is leading us into. Number four, we're going well. Wisdom produces a love for others. Wisdom produces a love for others. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. We're told that love of other believers is the evidence of being a member of God's family. That's a big, that's a big speak. Love is defined and elaborated on in 1 Corinthians 13, the 13 verses of that. And these verses show that love is more than just an emotion. It is an action. It must be something that we're involved in. It's a process. And furthermore, we're told not to think too highly of ourselves, but actually to esteem others more than ourselves and to look out for others more than our own interests. Philippians 2, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And the next verse, um, verse 5 in Philippians, says it very powerfully, sums up what we're to do when it comes to life. It says, our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. What a perfect example he was to us in everything we're to do in our Christian walk. And then fifthly and finally, wisdom results in outreach. Wisdom results in evangelism. 
Matthew 28, that great commission, verse 18 says, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. John 1, 11 and 12, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. I heard a friend of mine tell this story. I've told this in church before. But a friend of mine told the story about him watching the rugby on a Saturday afternoon when his boy was sent his boy out into the garden to play and he's got a climbing frame. And his boy um, started to play in the monkey bars and got stuck in the monkey bars. Now my friend is, is settling down with his mug of coffee to watch the, the rugby and the game's good and things are exciting and he hears the cries of his boy from the monkey bars. Dad, come help, help dad, I'm stuck. And of course, the dad tries to help him without moving, as great dads do. And um, he, sh- he tries to encourage him, son, just pull yourself together, get yourself out. Dad, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I can't get out. So dad realizes that the encouraging him out isn't gonna work, and he tries to instruct him out. Just move a little, move your arm, move your leg, do whatever you need to do, just get out. Of course, the boy's still stuck. Dad, Dad, I'm stuck. I can't get out. And then he tries to condemn him out. (laughs) What did you go into the monkey bars for anyway? I'm watching the rugby and all of this. So he couldn't, he couldn't, he, 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 he couldn't encourage him out. He couldn't instruct him out. He couldn't condemn him out. And eventually he had to come out himself and he gets up, sets his coffee down and he says, the boy is really stuck. And he said the only way to get him out of the monkey bars was he had to climb up into the monkey bars himself and he had to start to twist and turn and hang upside down and get his little boy out of the monkey bars. That's what Jesus did. He could have, he could have encouraged us out of our mess. Maybe he could have instructed us out. I don't know. Thank God he didn't condemn us out. But he came. He came, we've just read it, John 1, he came to that which was his own and he came and he climbed into the monkey bars of our sin. He climbed into the monkey bars of our um, stickability and our predicament and he set us free because Jesus is good at stooping and lifting. It's a thing called grace. He stoops and he lifts and he stoops and he lifts and he stoops and he lifts. That's the grace of God. And if you've got breath in your body, then you've got purpose in your soul and we begin to share our faith. That's what wisdom does. Share it our faith. We tell non-believers about the wonderful changes that Jesus has made in their lives. We tell people about how he climbed into the monkey bars of our sin and set us free completely. And, uh, and something happens because we've got something to offer. And too often we believe the lie of the Satan that we don't really know Jesus long enough maybe um, uh, or, or know him enough to make a difference. That's not true. Some of the most enthusiastic representatives of the Christian life are new believers who have just discovered the awesome love of God. And they might know a lot of Bible verses. They mightn't have the accepted way of saying things, the Christian lingo, but they have experienced the love of the living God. And that's exactly what we are to share. And listen, as we close, you need to know this. You are extremely important to God. You are extremely important to God. The Father loves you. He values you. 
He desires a close relationship with you. He has a specific plan for your life. And these facts should give you confidence and give you a strong self-image. I love Proverbs 8, 35. It says this, for whoever finds me, talking about wisdom, whoever finds wisdom finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. How beautiful. And as a, at the very core of our self-image, at the very core of our, our desire to be, of our self-image is a desire to be loved and regarded of, as lovable, and only God can fully satisfy that need. And when we accept that he loves us unconditionally, we have the foundation for healthy, godly self-esteem. And some believers feel that God no longer loves them because they've sinned. But if that were true in the first place, it says in Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, God showed his love to us while we were still sinners. And according to Proverbs 19, verse 8, whoever gets sense loves their own soul. So where are you in your journey to healthy self-esteem? We live in a day when the destruction of mental health is, a, is so rampant in our society. And uh, a proper, healthy love for yourself leads to wisdom, leads to generosity, leads to selfless giving, and it also fills you with confidence to move against the, 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 the tide of popular opinion when necessary. Why? Because God loves you, and God approves of you, and his opinion is more than any other's. Wisdom saves us from many difficulties in our life. It equips us to handle difficult circumstances and positions us to receive eternal rewards. That is why it is so, so important. So as we prepare to come back stronger, let's discover and apply God's wisdom in every situation, in every area of our lives. And I can assure you that you will never regret it. And here's the, here, here's the clincher. There's a great little section in James um, in the book of James, right through it, through the five chapters about wisdom. But there's a little clincher in, in verse, uh, verse five of chapter one. And here's what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, it will be given to you. If you lack wisdom in that part of your life, if you show great wisdom in this part, but lack wisdom in this part, Maybe you should just go to God and say, God, could you give me some wisdom around this area of my life that, that seems to be lacking wisdom? Now, that means opening, opening up that compartment and allowing God into it. And as we saw, wisdom puts Jesus first in all things. Wisdom obeys Jesus' teaching. Wisdom attracts faithfulness and fruitfulness. Wisdom produces a love for others. And wisdom results in evangelism telling others about the love of God. Wisdom is a great thing. So let's come back stronger. Let's come back wiser. Let's come back with a, a power of God in our lives to understand and to know who he is. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior this morning, I've said this week by week, maybe my little illustration of the monkey bars will illustrate to you of the love of God that he came he came unto his own. It says his own did not receive him, but as many as did receive him, to them 
give, he gives the power to become the children of God. Maybe today you might want to say something like, God, I, I, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Come in today and come in to stay. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I hope that would be your call today. Let me pray for you and then we're finished. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you speak to us so powerfully from it. Thank you for the many illustrations of wisdom, uh, godly wisdom in the Bible. And may we be that people. May we be, be a people, God, who rise up and call you blessed and follow you in this day and in this age. For Jesus' name's sake we ask it. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.